0: What's up? And welcome to another episode of Half Hour with Astra Theatre Company. I am joined today by an amazing Kansas City artist. You've probably worked with them backstage or they've made you a cocktail or any number of beautiful things. The one, the only, Carol Thomas.
1: Hi, guys.
0: What's up, how you doing?
1: I'm good, I'm good.
0: Just, you
1: know, rolling with the punches. (laughs)
0: That is the motto of 2020 for sure, is roll with the punches. Yes. Yeah. What have you been up to?
1: Um, I have been doing a bunch of projects, but I my primary job right now is molding young minds, as I like to say. Do tell. I'm a high school art teacher, which is pretty cool. I teach photo and introductory visual art, um, as well as like being a mentor for video production for the performing arts students and this spring, which is pretty cool. We're doing this like video concert version of the Adams Family as our like spring musical. Oh,
0: fun.
1: Yeah, I think it's gonna be really good. I get to be like the stage management and costumes and video mentor which is kind of amazing it's a lot of work but it's like I was gonna say of- I
0: hope they're paying you extra for all of those titles
1: are. <laughs> they are um yes I've signed my contract which is great haven't done that in a minute that like a theater contract
0: yeah um,
1: and it's just cool to be like doing all of those things at once I think like any chance to make theater art in 2020 is like Oh, I guess it'll be 2021 whatever time is irrelevant these days <laughs> um, <laughs> But just, like, being able to be involved, even just, like, we had a production meeting the other day, and, like, being able to, like, cut people off and being the stage manager, being, like, let's put a pin in that, and we're gonna, like, come back, (laughs) because otherwise we're gonna gonna go over our time, like.
0: That's so fun. Have you ever stage managed before?
1: uh, I did some ASM stuff for uh, MTH. It was the ASM on The Producers a couple years back. I've just done, like, here and there, sort of, like, you know, PA work, but. I think that that is just a personality type. Also, all of my friends are work in stage management.
0: Well, I think it's worth saying, and I assume the people listening to this feel this way too. But the stage management team are always the coolest people in the room. I have to say. Oh yeah!
1: Oh my God, yeah. Mary Honor is my hero. I hope she watches this. <laughs> Shout out! Shout out to Mary Honor, like, and also actually my so my first production at the rep was Between the Lines. And I did wardrobe, which is what I did up the whole time I worked there. Um, but I got really close with Jen Collins because she was um, the ASM on like the stage, that, like on stage left with me. And because that was such a big production, like that was literally we had to have more than one. Um, and she ended up like having a conversation with me maybe like halfway through the production, where she was like, "I know that you signed on as a, as costumes, but." I think that I really want to like poach you. Oh. Um, Because that was just like kind of the way, like, you know, I mean, I think uh, costumes, you have to be able to have that sort of, especially on a production like that. Like I think the level of um, crew member, like the sort of like speed you have to have for a show like that is just so different. Oh yes. like, you know, big musical Broadway stuff. we had like set pieces and costumes coming off stage like nobody's business
0: i'm so sad i did not get to see it but i've seen pictures what can you confirm that there were in fact mermaids in i this? was a
1: mermaid dresser how that was my whole job
0: how fun how
1: cool is that i know no i loved it i loved that show that was like my first real product that was first production i was paid to do work on um it was amazing like I got to like lift 50 pound mermaid costumes and Colleen Great and I just like (laughs) doing constant quick changes um we ended up like doing a video uh of the quick change that we had to do which was pretty fun
0: quick changes are an incredible part of theater that like become a little show backstage during the show you know what I
1: mean like I had to stand I had to stand on the kitchenette of that show in order to do a quick change to get, I want to say that it was Lexi, to get her like unbuckled and out of her costume I had to be like standing, waiting on this kitchenette. Like I was on one side and Tenley Patonzo was on the other side with a drill, like ready to like unbolt things. Like it was wild, Whoa.
0: But, but it was so fun. I miss lovely. Yeah. Uh, I also just have to, you know, let the, the, the listeners know, the listeners and the watchers know that as soon as I signed on, Carol said that she, they had poured themselves a cocktail and demanded that I do the same.
1: I had to and, make one,
0: And I, I happily obliged. So cheers to you and to everyone watching. Um, Carol, let's like dive into, you know, you were born and then what happened? You know, where, where are you from? Where did you grow up? And when did you start like sort of doing the art and theater stuff.
1: Yeah, um, I was born in Kansas City uh, in 1994. I refer to the time before my my birth as the Dark Ages. Uh, literally, <laughs> child, I said that. Well, that
0: was before 2020 happened. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and then it reverted.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> I was always really attracted to arts. Um, I mean, I had a lot of big dreams as a kid. I really wanted to be the president. And then in the same year, I also really wanted to be Oprah. So like, I have great goals, I guess.
0: Two very, very good role
1: models. (laughs) I know, I know. Um, Very interesting. I guess I, I really just like had big dreams, but I also had like dreams of being a performer. And I was always drawing. I have like a note from my, um, like elementary school art teacher it's like in my yearbook she signed my yearbook which says a lot about me that I made sure that my teachers signed my yearbook Uh, (laughs) much more important to me
0: were you Uh, that kid who was like hanging out with your teachers like in high school and stuff oh yeah I was totally that kid I was like gossiping with my with like my high school teachers. I was like, First. these kids don't do their homework. It's so yeah. annoying, right Deborah.
1: <laughs> oh my God. in fourth grade, I we were doing geometry for fourth graders right? Of course and my, my brother, um, Ben, the person closest to me and like in age closest to me. I'm, he's my brother. I love all my siblings. Um, and he was also doing like actual geometry, right? So I took his geometry textbook. And I made more difficult math homework. And I gave it to my teacher, and I gave it to her with a list of people that I felt would benefit from a more rigorous mathematical education.
0: You little organizer.
1: Crazy.
0: That is crazy (laughs) town. And so, isn't that so funny? But also, like, doing it. I think, I mean, th- that is a funny anecdote, but it also speaks to just like who you are as a person, even as a fourth grader that you're like, this is fun and cute and all, but I'm interested in this. And if I- you're going to make me do math, then I want to be challenged.
1: Yeah, I was like, this is dumb. Um, let's <laughs> see. Let's like, do more work. We are not learning enough here. And just the idea that I wrote a list of the people that would like benefit from a more rigorous.
0: So funny.
1: Yeah, it's very funny. Um, so I was very much that kid. Uh, and then I, in middle school, was doing both visual and performing art. High school, I we had like a focus program at my school and I went in being like, I can do both, right? And they were like, no, <laughs> you literally don't have enough time in the day to do that. <laughs> and so I like focused in theater. I was, uh, I was an acting focus. Um, But I also, my junior year, just like started taking a bunch of photo classes. Um, And then I was like, wait, I love acting, but I really love art. I really love visual art. Mm.
0: Um,
1: And so when I went to college, I was like between all these things. I wanted to do linguistics. I also uh, speak multiple other languages. Um, And so that was an interest of mine. And then also visual art and also performing art. And I was like, whatever will I do? Um, so I got my degree in fine arts, uh, but I still took all of those other courses. Yeah. And then I moved back to Kansas city to be with my partner. And, um, cause he went to school at K state and, um, he's now in med school. And I was like, I have no clue what I want to do. Mm. Uh, and- do you feel
0: like you were almost like studying too many things and like had too many kind of different passions
1: I still feel that way me too yeah like I just think I'm so passionate I'm like I feel like I'm just like a really passionate person Mm. and so even if it's not something like I sometimes feel like the amount of like energy that I bring to things sometimes makes it seem like that's the only thing I'm interested in but in fact I'm not like energetic about 10 other things right which is always fascinating. I, but I totally still feel that way. To be teaching now and then, like I'm teaching visual art because that's what my degree is in, and that's like I am a practicing visual artist. But I'm also still like having my hand over in, in theater. And theater was like my first job out of college. I like came back here and knew people and um, got a job at the Coterie. Um, and then literally my second job was re- working for the rep, and I worked for the rep for two years. That's and then so I fun. <laughs> so.
0: I mean, I know many bartenders who are artists. I feel like I'm gonna mm-hmm. say like seventy five percent of bartenders and mixologists are like also amazing artists, writers, visual artists, actors. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah, I can't think of anybody that I worked with that wasn't also either a performer or a like visual artist, musician
0: tip your bartenders people tip your bartenders
1: a lot of that is about like we just don't have a lot of access as artists to funds and so we go do something else that's still create like bartending is still a massively creative thing
0: yeah definitely but I also feel like I mean having so many different kinds of passions that you've also kind of honed a little bit to like be able to be paid for those things like also kind of serves us in this like gig economy world lifestyle that we live because like I went to school for acting but yet sometimes I get paid to take people's photos or like you know I I did like a shoot for a dentistry office in Topeka a couple of months ago and I'm like I sometimes just ask myself I'm like do I deserve to be doing this like I didn't study this like you know but um I think that also speaks more to me, just like wanting to be very good at everything that I do. And <laughs> yeah,
1: I feel that as well. I'm always, I'm always having that imposter syndrome, um, just being like, even if I have the degree, right? Being like, oh, I didn't. I, I'm feeling that a lot right now. That I, I like taught my first semester, and I'm like, did they learn anything? Did I really? Did I do my job?
0: I'm sure you did because you're a compassionate lovely person and also part of being a teacher in high school I think from my perspective is also just like teaching them to be real people
1: oh yeah that's that was a big I literally there was one day we like got quarantined for a week because I work at like a private school that we were being tested every week and so they like monitor our infection like we have this whole like office of infection control um, and we got quarantined for only two weeks this semester. So one of those weeks we were quarantined and I, all my kids were like freaking out that they couldn't do their projects. And I was like, listen, if I only teach you how to like take a break and like give yourself some like love and compassion, I literally don't care. Mm. I mean, obviously I, I think that I do care, but I, I just think that we need to, as a society, have more focus on like being kind to ourselves and like figuring out how we... Both make work and are productive but also have a break maybe that's like what the I think that's like the positive thing about 2020 totally that.
0: yes just being forced to sit in this collective like abyss of time you know yeah,
1: absolutely. and
0: learning how to just like be still for a little while and take care of yourself and also give yourself some grace to be like okay, maybe I don't need to like be working out every day or be doing this or this because like it's a pandemic and it's fucking crazy. And sometimes I just want to like curl in a ball and watch Grey's Anatomy. I don't know, just me.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> no, I've watched a lot. Like I enjoy TV anyways. Um, I just like enjoy the film, but you know what? I've enjoyed a lot, like re-watching a lot of things or like watching things that maybe I usually wouldn't watch because they just like, You have the time. Yeah, there was like a really great New Yorker article on um, ambient TV, that's what they called it. Um, When we like Mm. watch TV while we're doing other things, like while we're on other devices and doing work. um, And I just like really identified with this like concept of watching TV that I don't Mm. care about. Yeah. But it made me feel better to not feel alone or like to help me like get work done.
0: I want Absolutely. to make it very clear that I didn't think that I would care about Grey's Anatomy, but my partner forced me to watch it. And now I find myself kind of like, I started watching it ironically. And now I find myself like actually being like, oh, Meredith's so self-centered.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I never watched Grey's Anatomy. I come from a doctor family. My Both my parents are doctors. And so oh. doctors piss me off because they're never accurate, right? If you like watch your own industry, you're always like. Sure. So they're. And I just grew up with that. Like, my, you know, they'd like show somebody in the hospital, and my mom would be like, "Why is that person not intubated? That person is in a coma, and they have no way to eat. What are you talking about? Are they that's don't have prob- oxygen?"
0: That's probably what it was like watching Smash with theater professionals a couple of years <laughs>
1: yeah, ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, that's not actually what that's like at all.
0: You're like, they just started rehearsals. They don't have to show this to anyone yet. You don't have that many props in rehearsal. It's day two.
1: Yeah, how are you doing that?
0: Amazing. (laughs) Um, So, where do you find yourself at now, like in relation to art and theater and all of that fun stuff?
1: Yeah, I mean, luckily, I'm getting to like just teach it, you know, which I think is actually closer than a lot of people are getting to be with art right now. Um, I'm making my own work very sporadically. I find I find like actually making myself. examine things is a little hard right now um I've done more of it maybe in the past like three months than I did at the beginning tried really hard at the beginning I was like oh yeah I'm definitely yeah I I was like an essential worker the whole time I was like working at Whole Foods as a cashier but Mm -hmm. I got quarantined a lot because we had a lot of outbreaks and um I found myself like being like oh you should be getting worked on like you need to be making new art and then instead I like watched all seven seasons of Gilmore
0: Girls. (laughs) This need that we all have to constantly be productive is is a big huge lesson for me during the pandemic was just to be like you need to I I have also been working full-time I've been blessed to be able to work remotely um, and have a job at all Um, so I'm very thankful for that but I also was like, okay, well, I'm not doing any art. And a year ago I was like singing and dancing on stage for three months. Like, so what, what am I doing to better myself as a person? I need to be doing this and this and this. And, this. And, and now I'm just like, dude, just take a break and hibernate a little bit. Like you probably need it.
1: Yeah, and, and congratulating yourself for the work that you do do. Like, you know, if I <laughs> did <Do-do. get>, like-
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. If
1: I get, like, a This is professional. In, this is, can you, Taylor?
0: I'm sorry. Stop with the I'm sorry, I'll tone it down.
1: Yeah, just keep drinking. Um, I found like if I take a walk, I've actually, I'm running this Instagram account or like helping on this Instagram account um, for a feminist collective um, called We Are Lioness. cheers. Yeah, yeah, it's been really fun. And it's like a friend of mine um, runs it. She's like, it's like really amazing. Um, she and it was like started out as a food blogger, really awesome person. Her name is Aliyah and um I started the way that I got hired was that I came up with this idea to do self-care Sundays where like I would have some sort of affirmation for people and have some sort of like activity for them to do to like help them plan some sort of like considering themselves for that day whether it be like journaling t- taking a walk calling a friend having a bubble bath like literally five minutes to think about themselves um so I, there's a I'm, great
0: day for that too because it can it's- sort of align you for the rest of the week and give you a little perspective and chase away the Sunday scaries I think
1: exactly and it also sounds really nice
0: yeah. uh
1: yeah so I, I found that like that has actually been helping me think about what I do on Sundays like I write I like post it by 11 and then I'm like I should probably do something on this list like I shouldn't just be like telling other people to take care of themselves but yeah. not doing it myself um so that's been kind of helpful, just being like actually examining what is it that I'm like, how am I using the time that I have? Because I, I am doing a lot of, I'm working like five jobs. So I'm like, wow, what am I, how am I like juggling this? Mm-hmm. Um, so finding even that five minutes to like have a conversation with somebody or like cuddle my dog or whatever thing, watch a movie with my partner is like really important.
0: And it feels weird a little to like plan those things or like be deliberate about them. And that's like kind of something to examine in itself as well. Like, why does the, why does this like thing that is honestly essential to our mental health, like taking just time to like be deliberate about giving ourselves a little bit of grace and just like free time, honestly, why does that feel like such a chore or task or like, you know, and when like being productive and, and running around all week, doesn't we don't think twice about that
1: yeah we're like oh this is good
0: yeah I think we kind of glorify as a society like like running oh, yourself yeah. into the ground a little bit and being overtired like people even kind of brag about it right like oh I, I couldn't sleep last night I was doing this I pulled an all-nighter I'm so tired I've been got
1: three hours yeah. of sleep
0: yeah and it's like oh,
1: 10 that's great for you I've never had that before
0: yeah it's like you know like you should everyone should be <laughs> healthy and happy like that's not that much to ask you know um, yeah.
1: I totally agree with that. I think I found that a lot that be like, right when I stopped bartending, which I stopped bartending because of lockdown, um, obviously. <laughs> and I found myself being like, wow, I don't have to stay up till two in the morning. Like this is wild. Mm. Like, I can actually rest or I can do all these things. Cause I think I was just working so much and it wasn't like my work now I can do at home and I can rest. Um, it feels very different than that sort of like working multiple service industry jobs where you're just like on your feet all the time and like you know running a show and bartending like I did that a lot where I would like just go from one job to the next where I'm just like running around all the time
0: bartending and the service industry can also be draining emotionally too because I think like especially when you're a bartender like you're also kind of a therapist like a little bit Mm -hmm.
1: and that's Mm -hmm. why I am in my personal life as well like I've actually been doing this um, therapy group. My therapist um, is on maternity leave. And so all the people that have her as their therapist, like started this Enneagram group, um, which if you don't know about the Enneagram and you want to like learn about yourself in a different way, I encourage you to start that exploration. It's very fascinating. That's like
0: the the speaker, the organizer.
1: Yeah, it's got nine. So it's like this, well, so it's like this wheel, um, one through nine are like the numbers. And then there's like all this interaction between the numbers. So it's kind of like about how you are whole as a person and how you have these different things. Um, But it's about how our personalities are basically built when we are kids. And then how our like basic wants and desires affect the way that we interact with people. So like I'm a two. Um, So I am like very much somebody who just like seeks love and so I do, I take care of other people because I want them to take care of me.
0: Mm. So like
1: ones are typically like the perfectionists. Like they feel like their want in life is to like be like be good. They want to be seen as good or even just like be good, really. Not even be seen as, and like, like each one of us has like a different, reason behind our action instead of it being like I feel
0: like it's kind of like a super objective right it's like yeah yeah. what do you want and how do you go about getting that and I feel like that's that's kind of mystified to a lot of folks when it comes to themselves as a person
1: yeah so we've been doing all this work and it's like you also have like a subtype inside of that so like different it's like a very convoluted thing but you have like different like ways that you interact different like leanings that you have like I am a two wing one. So I have perfectionist tendencies. And then like my subtype is like this, uh, like one-to-one. So like I uh, like extra do certain things and don't do other things. Like I do better one-on-one with people, but I'm really introverted, all sorts of things.
0: You should pitch a class to teach that because I would take the class.
1: so I'm and you know what maybe I will like go back to school and get my psych degree
0: <laughs>
1: that's basically what this therapist does though she's awesome and it's been so interesting to talk to other people that like come at the world totally differently but you still find those things that's like oh I do I feel that too or I do that too I I interact with people in that way as well like you're not alone and feeling that and I, I think that group has really helped me with that so Any of them watch this, they know that they're really a big part of my life.
0: That's fantastic. (laughs) Um, and we should also chat about you have a cocktail recipe book coming out. I do. Brag about it.
1: So I have been talking about this for so long that I like. I so I am an artist, but I also love to write. And I used to run this art and feminist like. Art and Literary Feminist Magazine was the order of the words that I wanted to say, and then I didn't say them in that order. So. <laughs> Art and Literary Feminist Magazine in college as the editor in chief. I mean, I like worked all the way up through it. I was Rory Gilmore. Um,
0: <laughs> Fantastic. I've, I'm afraid to say that reference is lost on me, but I'm sure our listeners will.
1: That's too bad. Maybe that's after grades, you can start on. <laughs>
0: I think I'll be ready to switch soon, but sorry, continue.
1: That's okay. Um, so I ran this publication and I love doing it. Like, I just really enjoyed getting to think about how design works, how writing works, all this stuff. So I was like, well, I have the ability to use InDesign. I'm a photographer. I know how to take photos of cocktails. I know how to write recipes. And I just wanted to like give money back. I just feel like we really need to be giving back right now. Um, and so I was like, well, this is the talent that I have. I'll make this book. Um, so it has, it's called 25 cocktails to for your quarantine holiday season, and it <laughs> split up into six chapters. Um, there's like a syrup chapter and then five alcohol chapters, although one of them is just non-alcoholic drinks.
0: Oh, uh, fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's the syrups, there's five syrups, and then each, like, there's whiskey, gin, rum, mezcal, and sober. That's what I called it. Uh. So you can make any of them, none of them, all of them, whatever. That's
0: fantastically inclusive of you to to do the sober chapter. I would never never think about that, but it is something that I need to be considering more. Having options for folks who don't partake.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, addiction runs in my family. Um, it's something that like I have grown up around. I don't personally like experience it, but I've watched a lot of it, and I I often feel sad that I because I think that. There's a culture of going out, obviously not right now, but usually. um, Mm -hmm. And I think that because there's not an inclusive space for it and because of the mentality around like drinking to get drunk, um, I just think that like lots of bars would benefit from that. The bar that I used to work at had a nice non-alcoholic section. um, I just think all bars should have that. Also, sometimes you don't wanna drink and that should be okay too. It should be okay. Oh, you're pregnant. Yeah. Or you're pregnant like there's so many options. pregnant
0: people go out too or you're on medication or like whatever yeah yeah, yeah that's, that's it that's fantastic to consider
1: and I think if you're a really good bartender you should be able to have someone say I want a non-alcoholic drink and make them a craft cocktail like not make them like soda water you know what I mean like that's like <laughs> Yes. I have water with lime like that's what my brother orders when we go out to like eat or whatever and I'm always like that's so sad because you could have so many things like there are these amazing like flip is a really aw- awesome option for like a distilled non-alcoholic spirit there's massive like non-alcoholic beer is a big thing now athletic brewery just partnered with boulevard and they just released one which um athletic has like an amazing ipa that now basically they make with boulevard um and sell it under boulevard's name so that's pretty awesome to have like the flavor and complexity of an IPA, but not the alcohol. Cause a lot of people can't drink. Yeah. Couldn't drink or whatever thing, even if you're just doing like sober month or whatever. So yeah, uh, yeah. so it's just like a way to help people understand. I also think that people get really overwhelmed by the idea of cocktails.
0: Um, when it comes so, to like making them themselves.
1: Ah, yeah. Like they'll be like, oh, it's so hard. I could never do that. And I'd be like, um, it's literally sugar syrup lime juice and gin and that's in some ice and you shake it. Like how do you have a mason jar and some limes to squeeze? Like that's it, that's all you need and you have an amazing gimlet. Like- I love a gimlet. I love a gimlet too. And so I just like basically run through how to do different things, how to make syrups at home, how to do infusions. There's like a fat wash for the whiskey if you want to do that. Um, Which fat wash is just that you are like infusing it with some sort of fat, mine is brown butter. Um, but like, that was a big thing, maybe like five years ago, 10 years ago, actually at this point, there are some bars in New York that started doing like bacon fat wash things, which I don't like that, but brown butter makes a really nice, like warm um, bourbon. So that's a recipe in there.
0: I would never think to do that, but that's fantastic. (laughs) And I can't wait. I need to order my copy. It's been on my to-do list. I need to get it, get it done.
1: Yeah. So you get your PDF now and then you get your book in the new year because of publishing stuff. The printer just didn't have time. So there's that. And then um, proceeds are, I'm basically just like paying myself back for the cost of the book and that's it. I'm not like paying myself for making it, just paying myself back for how much it costs to print it. And then everything else goes to harvesters.
0: That's amazing. That is so cool.
1: I'm excited about it. I just like hope that it isn't like, I just like want it to be enough to just like help people because we need to feed people
0: yeah <laughs> and we start in our community you know like sometimes I think I, I, I'll speak personally but I feel like overwhelmed by like the state of things sometimes and sometimes I get caught and it's just like sort of swirly whatever but I think it really does start with like you know you and your community and like in an immediate circle because you know if everyone t- took that responsibility on then we'd be living in a very different place
1: yeah. And if you don't know what Harvesters is, the, for our audience, um, Harvesters is like the largest food bank in Kansas City. They serve, like, s- I don't want to get the exact facts wrong, but I said my book, I think it's like 700 food banks across a 26-county uh, metro area. So yeah. pretty massive. Like, And they don't just do food. They also have like household items. And so like if you have the means or like maybe you have an extra can some toilet paper whatever you can donate it to them i encourage yeah. you so like people are definitely hurting so you can and also
0: donate you- your time as well you can yes. go and help them pack bags and oh. and even just like unload boxes for like an hour or two and yeah so it's you- fantastic
1: and if you need help also if you are hungry you can always contact them as well
0: yes um so what does, after, you know, we leave this moment of plague, um, what, what does that look like to you in terms of art and theater? And what do you hope is different from when we started, when we yeah. entered the plague?
1: Um, I hope that every white person stands down and just like says, you know what, I've had my minute. I'll do something else or like whatever I, I just think we need that needs to be the main priority is like changing who gets a voice and it's not to say I almost wore a shirt that I was wearing at school today I just like want to let you know this that I have this shirt that says men have made a lot of bad art I, almost <laughs> I didn't want to be distracting so I didn't that um, is
0: fantastic and true
1: it is great yeah and it's and it's not I, ha- I always have people be like oh women have made a lot of better too and it's like <laughs> that's not the point the yeah. point is that we've had enough like we can literally like the reason we can talk about artists and like separating their art from the artists and how that's not tangible anymore is because we can say you know I've seen enough work from straight cis white dudes And it's not to say that they're not making good work now. It's just to say they could like take a step back and help uplift other people and create that equity. And like, unless they think that it's important and I, as a white person, think that it's important, like it won't be, we can't ask the people that are in the position of not having power to try and create their own power. We have to give it to them. And so I just think that, like, that needs to be the number one thing. And, I mean, it needs to start.
0: And what does that look like in in the artist and theater community to you?
1: That is a big question. It is. I think that it it does, though, kind of back to my statement, that people will have to step down. I think that that is actually true. I think that people will have to say, you know, I'm not going to take that position or I'm not going to. I I think bigger picture, like it'd be great if we had people that were going to be like, actually, you know, I think that this other person should have this job, but maybe it's just saying that the people that are in power are going to create spaces where those auditions exist, where those we're hiring. I think a big thing to me is that we don't really hire a lot of designers that are from Kansas city, Mm. which I think is so strange. I thought that was strange since I moved back here we spend exorbitant amounts of money bringing in real designers from New York and LA. And then it forces the people that have, that are living here to move to those places just to come back and work here. And to me, that just feels so wrong because we have massive amounts of talents here. Um, So that's a good start. I just think that there are a lot of places to start, but people need to start doing it. You know what I mean? It needs to be that you're not auditioning for things that Are not
0: for you. First and and foremost, that's the least (laughs) you can do.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think they're like they're like big, big things. Like, you can ask people to step down, and I think that that's what should happen. But like, at least don't audition for things that are not for you.
0: White people, stop going to the Hamilton calls. Stop
1: going. Like, it's one show. I don't (laughs) care if you want to sing it. Shut up and go away.
0: Sing it in I your think, shower like the rest of us.
1: Yeah, like come on! I sing to my dog. She loves my
0: performance. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I just think like there's, I don't know, there needs to be more conversation about that, and the conversation, I I think needs to be facilitated. Maybe maybe started by I don't I don't know where that like because there needs to be also like a line. I also feel that there are a lot of white people that are like congratulatory um Speaking about it, <laughs> but they're like, I'm doing so much work. And I'm like, "How? what have you done?
0: Right, right.
1: Like, when are you, you feel like you're just talking over people. And that I'm also tired of. Um, so that's where I think we should start. And I'm not, I'm not 100% what, I'm sure on what it looks like, but I think that we have this opportunity to restart what theater looks like in particular. Um, we need to use it. And that Isn't includes. It? all the things we've been talking
0: about. Isn't it interesting, I, this just dawned on me because <laughs> I, I this is something that I, I try to ask everyone that I chat with in these, but it sort of just dawned on me that like you and I as white folks may not have the answer to what the what the industry should look like after this. <laughs>
1: <Super> <laughs> which difficult. is
0: a, wow, that's, which is obvious, but <laughs> unfortunately I have just realized that in this moment. That's
1: great. Um, Glad that you we came to that like conclusion, though.
0: Yeah, but I think it's it is so much about making space and holding the holding space for for those folks and demanding, as a white person, if you're a performer or even like you know wherever you are, demanding more space for your fellow BIPOC you know friends oh. to and also ask be those involved.
1: Questions like ask your employer, hey. I've noticed that only white people are here. Can you tell me more about that? Who are you hiring? Yeah. Like, I think even just starting to ask those questions that are not being asked. And I think that that is also, I mean, I think that's also true of like making sure that queer people are represented as well. Um,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: think that's true. And gendered things. I just like, I, I'm so tired of, and I, I worked on a lot of, shows that I was just tired of the way that we talk about gender. Yeah. Um, because it does, like, it is a performance, but we aren't there, like, we aren't there yet. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're it's like, um, I heard this really great, like, this is actually a, a photo teacher talking about this, but the, the way that they were saying, it was like somebody was struggling telling their, their student that, like, they were doing too much editing and how to have that conversation. And this person replied um, that, the way that they say it is like you have to master what's in the box before you can go outside of the box and so i think that that's how i feel about like the way that we talk about gender in theater that is like oh well like we're beyond that like no we're not because you're not hiring that transactor so how can you say we're beyond it when you won't even do the thing that you're saying we're like you can't do that yet we're not right. there we're not that like it can just be gender bended for no reason right. right that you're just like putting dudes in every like cis dudes in every role like no yeah that's not you it needs to be a more thoughtful conversation and it needs if you're going to have those conversations you sure as shit better have a trans person in the room
0: right I think I just also a huge part of it is just like f- the first thing we have to do is just like get over the hurdle that we oh. do not have all the answers, and that as long as the people in the room making the decisions look and sound like us, the right we're, we're not going to have the right answers. I
1: yeah. think. I totally agree.
0: I could chat with you about this forever, but we have to begin to wrap up. So, um, where can we uh, where can we find you, and what do you have coming out soon that you can plug?
1: Um you can find me on social media at Caroline Grace. um that is my Instagram handle uh also caro Cocktails is like my cocktail Instagram uh this book coming out that's my main thing right now um and then just like working at school but I We'll keep you posted you can order my book if you just go to my instagram account it's the link in bio um and you will get the pdf that day and then the book will be sent to you or dropped off at your house um in january and that is pretty that's like my big thing right now
0: that's fantastic i can't wait i'm gonna order it actually as soon as we get off of this call i'm gonna do it right now because i'm ready to drink some holiday cocktails Thank you. You're so lovely and such a light and beautiful person. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us a little today. We really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. We'll talk soon, okay?